on the way to great neighborhoods, this center, with your host, DC Radical One. Greetings, Black family, and welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. I am your host, DC Radical One, and you have entered the center. Shout out to our wonderful producer, Cindy Ashby. You can check us out at SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio at On The Wake Up Radio. Also, you can check us out at OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. And lastly, you can check us out at OTWTube.com. That is OTWTube.com. Uh, peace and Black Power, Straight Black Pride to Brother Patrick. Peace to Brother Dawu, who just uh, made a donation via the Cash App. Appreciate that, brother. Greetings to our wonderful producer and BB Foley and Straight Black Pride to Sister Farnessa. And before we get started, we are going to wish our wonderful producer a happy birthday because her birthday was yesterday. So this is her birthday weekend. So y'all take some time to uh, get some clap emojis and some you know, any other celebratory emojis that you have for our wonderful producer, Cindy Ashby. Also, BB for Hody to 777-9311. Um, and I have a couple of announcements besides our wonderful producer's birthday. And I just got the flyers and the information to for this earlier today, like, in the last maybe two hours at the most. So let me see. First of all, let me see if I can find it because I get so many messages that sometimes I can't find what I'm looking for. Sometimes I'm not sure which app the messages were sent to me. But anyway, as you all know, and um, I will post up the flyer um, I'll post up the flyer on OTW2. The Straight Black Pride, the seventh annual Straight Black Pride convention is coming up on August 21st. That's a Saturday. I believe we are starting at 2 p.m. So it's going to be from 2 to 8 p.m. And that's going to be... Um, it's going to be $25 in advance, I believe 35 at the door. And I thought I had the flyer for it on my phone, but when I find the flyer for it, I will post it on my Instagram. Greetings to uh, Tila Nubia and what up, Lord Bell. So uh, you have seven weeks to prepare. Do what you have to do. You know, tell uh, the plantation owner a lie about where you're going to be and make your way here to the DMV area for the 7th Annual Straight Black Pride Convention. And, um, of course, it'll be at 
Everlasting Life Cafe, 9185 Central Avenue, um, Capitol Heights, Maryland, 20743. And for those who um, don't know, it's, it's about eh, 20 minutes outside of uh, Washington, D.C. So it's not that far. And it's right off of, you know, the exit right off of the uh, highway, belt, what we call the beltway. So, again, that is August 21st, Saturday, uh, from approximately 2 to 8, the 7th Annual Straight Black Pride Convention. And this is going to be the return of the black man. And when I find this um, flyer, I will post it on OTW2 and post it on, um, I'll post it on all my social media. And it'll go up to, um, it'll be up on the Instagram in the morning. Without question, I'm sure that as soon as I start looking for it, I will find it. But in the meanwhile, I see that everyone is uh, wishing our wonderful producer um, a solar return. Or as we used to say, me and Brother Dawood, when we were in the 5%, happy born day. You know, happy physical manifestation day, whatever other day that you want to call it. And also in, um, in August, on the 23rd, I will be doing a, um, for lack of a better word, a class discussion. Not a discussion on class, but a class and discussion dealing with um, the connection between the Haitian Revolution and the Nat Turner uprising. And that's going to actually be on August 23rd, starting at 6, I believe 630. I have to check that again. And of course, I'll put that up on the social media as well. And we will, um, I will give you more information about that, about how that will be live streamed, but that will be live streamed. Uh, what we want to do is to be before they die island. What we want to do is have it a physical, have people physically in the place and also have it live streamed. And uh, we are charging a nominal fee for people to attend both the live stream and the um, physical discussion because it's a set of classes by different people and I'm just doing one I'll be doing I'm scheduled to do one a month on different subjects um and then so we will be there'll be books that we'll be purchasing for this for the discussion in the next month so I will have more information for that um uh, in the coming weeks to let everybody know how that will work um what books that you want to have read for the discussion and then uh take it from there so those are the two main announcements other than well those are three main announcements one of course our wonderful producers um uh, her uh born day which was yesterday, and then the Straight Black Pride Annual Convention on the 7th Annual Straight Black Pride Convention 
which will be on the 21st of August. And then I will be doing a class on the 23rd of August. And also, um, I'll be uh, I'll be hosting. I'll be emceeing, I guess, the convention as well. And we will have um, right now we're scheduled to have Brother Darren Muhammad and Brother Mike Graves and Brother Lewis Ali. And if you're not familiar with these brothers, I'm, these are some uh, fantastic brothers, um, brothers from different organizations who have different skill sets and different um, different uh, areas of expertise. Brother Darren is one of the foremost uh, researchers that I've run into in the, since the days of Steve Coakley. Uh, Brother Lewis Ali is a, um, I guess he's an engineer, but he, I can really, I can say he's a builder. You know, uh, this brother has a lot of skills as far as and everything. He, he has a lot of skills, <laughs> to be honest. Excuse me. <clears throat> he's a very impressive brother. Um, he's doing some wonderful things I can't really discuss because sometimes you discuss them and then someone makes a plan to destroy him. So, and those of you who have met Brother Mike Graves up in New York, a powerful brother. Um, a part of 100 Blacks in law enforcement. And they were part of the group of brothers that went in and took care of the sister and defended her from a situation with some um, neighbors up in New York a while ago. So he's been doing work. He trained with Dr. Collard at Bill Muhammad back in the day when Dr. Collard was up in New York. So that brother, uh, he's been doing work. He may well have been doing work as long as I have. You know, so again, that's the lineup. Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody because I'm going everything I'm going is off the top of my head. Um, but that's what we have coming up in the coming well next month. So, with that, it's been a while since I've been on here. How is everyone doing? Hope everyone's doing well. Um, I myself, you know, chugging along, you know. Um, can everyone, hopefully everyone can hear me well, because I didn't really test the mic set up. I was doing some things and trying to set up some things before I got ready. And by the time I looked up, it's like, oh, wow, it's, it's time for the show. So today's discussion, and it's interesting because I looked up and they took my, uh, they had took my thumbnail down. It was up and then it was down. It was up. It was down and the discussion is, you know, why are black people um, obsessed with uh, entertainment and why is that so dangerous, right? And in the thumbnail, which apparently you can't see, um, y'all can check it out and let me know if you can see it or if you could see it before you came in. I had two pictures. And I got this off the internet, so I, I didn't understand why YouTube had a problem with it or whatever happened. You know, I guess I'll put up a different one later. It's still a problem. I had two pictures of them, right? And the two pictures, one was from the BET Awards um, that just happened, I guess, a week, two weeks ago, whenever it was, something like that. And it has, again, Little Nas X, who I'm tired of talking about, but 
just keeps rolling along and keeps doing what he's doing, you know. And him kissing one of his dancers or whatever. And then juxtaposed next to that picture, I had uh, Britney Spears and Madonna when they kissed. And I actually had forgot all about this. I don't even remember how long ago this was. So if anybody remembers when that was. But the reason when I, I was looking for thumbnails, I was like, oh, I need a picture. Let me find something real quick. And actually, I was not going to put Lil Nas X because I'm tired of putting him up. So I may put up something different. But when I saw it, I said, you know what? This is perfect for today's discussion. Um, Brother, I will say that I hadn't watched BT in almost 20 years. And I understand why. Um, I said, this is perfect for today's discussion because it shows the point that we're following behind other people. You know, we're following behind Yurugu while thinking that we're doing something new and also thinking that we're doing what we want to do, right? So we're thinking, in essence, we're thinking we're free. And yet we're still following behind Yurugu, which means we're obviously enslaved. And so that's why when I saw that picture, I said, this is the perfect picture because it shows that we're following right behind our enemy while thinking, and especially our young people, while thinking we're doing something new, thinking we're doing something innovative. And for young people, we're thinking that they're doing something rebellious without realizing they're following right behind their enemy, right? So that's why I put that picture up. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about entertainment, right? And when I thought about it, when I said the word, because I, I, I woke up early this morning and it's like, uh, this is the topic. I didn't, I didn't have a topic. <laughs> you know, that's why the post didn't come out yesterday. I didn't have a topic. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? And I thought about it. I said, you know what? This is... I have to talk about this because our whole, every time you go on social media, our entire discourse is normally around something entertainment related, unless it's election time, right? And then we'll talk about something politically related, but only politically related within the circumscribed activity of elections you see what i'm saying so other than that we're talking about sports for men which is entertainment television which is entertainment social media which is entertainment you you see what i'm saying like literally almost everything we're talking about is entertainment and then uh some brother may come in and talk about uh something like finance or something something like that he so, you know, somebody might come in with some, tell you how you can get, uh, make some money. And he, it may be legitimate, maybe a scam. But, you know, there's always one brother who's always talking about money. But 80% of the discussion, when you get a group of black people, will generally rotate around some entertainment, some type of way, shape, or form. BB Fold 80, brother, you got ripped off, right? So I said, okay, I said, black people are obsessed with entertainment 
and greetings to Unique One Express. And I thought about it. I said, why? I said, you know what? This is obvious. This is obvious. Because whether we want to admit it or not, we're still an oppressed people. And entertainment gives us a feeling of release and escape, right? Because if not, if entertainment didn't exist, right, then in the condition that we're currently in, one of two things will happen. Either we would stop and be able to think and talk to each other and figure out what's going on, right? Or two, we would just attack each other because of the pressure we're under. One of two things were going would happen, right? But with entertainment, they can direct the things that they want to happen by putting the narratives, by putting the messages, by putting the psychological, what, what really is psychological warfare in the minds of our people, right? So when I was looking at the word and I said the word, I said, there's actually multiple words here. And I was like, you know what? It's so interesting. If you, when you say the word, um, and when we, we, I was a 5% of you used to call a science and science it up, right? You science the word up. And this is not really getting, this doesn't get you to the etymology of the word, but it's interesting because you, by what is interesting when you break the word down, what you say, the first word obviously is enter, right? Meaning to go into, right? So, okay, that's obvious. So you're like, okay. So we're talking about, in essence, receiving of information. We don't really think of entertainment that way as receiving of information, but that's what it is. You sit down in front of TV, TV talks to you and shows you images and they go into your mind. Receiving in information, right? You turn on the radio or whatever the case may be, the music enters your mind, right? Through your ear. So, there's all that's that's the inter part. When I got to the second part, I said, in the modern context, this is entertainment, right? Meaning to make foul, to taint. And the last part, the mint is the mind, the mental. I'm like, they're entering your mind to poison it. That's entertainment in the modern context. That's what it is. And so um, when I thought about that this morning, like literally when I say I woke up, like I woke up this morning, sun was shining, about 645 or whatever. This was the first thing on my mind. Straight Black Friday the war report. And so I thought about that. I was like, okay. I thought about all this and I said, let's talk about it. Now, uh, Taylor Nubius says she sees Bob Johnson coming out on reference. I've seen that too. Let me say this the same individual who sold BT. She's a white man. You're running ahead of me, sister. Again, you're running ahead of me. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Now, the first thing I want to do 
because what I saw, I guess the beginning of the week or whatever, was a lot of people didn't know that BET wasn't black owned anymore, which that surprised me. I was like, I thought everybody knew this. So it's two things I want to do. The first thing I want to do, right, to because I don't want YouTube or whoever comes across this to say I'm telling a lie, right? We're going to talk about the history of Hollywood and who started Hollywood. I, DC Radical One, am not going to tell you who started Hollywood. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want anyone saying, oh, this brother is saying this and this about this people. He's this and this and that and thus and so forth. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? I am going to let the people who invented Hollywood tell you that they invented Hollywood. So we're going to watch this clip, which was originally set for one of my lectures. But I said, you know what? This clip is relevant to today. We're going to do it today. We're going to watch that clip. And then we're going to talk about what we see in the clip from the people who invented Hollywood. And then we'll move forward from there. Trouble, into the trouble, trouble, wird hergebreitet. Da lebt das Theater, doch ein Weiß, helft kein Wein, ein kein Geschrei. Trouble hat er größer in der Kleine. Here were a group of Jews who had spent their lives seeking legitimacy and seeking to be embraced by America. The dream with which the Jews came to America was very quickly frustrated. They went into businesses that were not excluded to Jews. As they approached the motion picture industry, they approached it from how they can distribute a product. This was the greatest business in the world because the people paid the money before they got the goods. So coming to California, they realized that they could create their own social environment. They could create an empire of their own. And that's precisely what they did. What is America to me? A name, a map. You can say it was a romantic idea that a poor guy with $19 sewn in his pocket could found an industry, but it, it turned out to be true. What is America? I'm not sure that there was an, quote, American dream before the Jews came to Hollywood and invented it. The experience of being on the margins meant that your identity was tied to the maintenance of popular culture. They got to put their hopes and aspirations and mythologies about what a perfect life would be like, which is something I think people probably spend a long time thinking about when they have a very imperfect life with a great deal of persecution, disempowerment. You know, what would the system be if we could make it up and show it to you? Anyone anywhere could identify with so many of the themes of American movies. This kind of movie going was religious because it had to do with worship. It had to do with the screen being larger than you were and you being in awe of what you were looking at. I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy. Yankee Doodle do or die. They were tough. They had to be tough. I will not have quitters or lazy men working 
Queen Universal. That's straight from the shoulder, isn't it? These guys were ruthless. They used women. They treated stars uh, brutally sometimes. But they had redeeming qualities, too. And they were, most of all, showmen. They loved movies. They lived for movies. Make America unsafe for those who seek to tear down what others have built. Help keep America for those who believe in America. We'll fight and endure and win together. This committee has the responsibility of exposing subversive elements wherever they may exist. That scared the shit out of me. Because the last thing they wanted to be called was un-American. There was so much to unpack in that clip, which is an intro for a documentary called An Empire of Their Own, right? Now, did DC Radical One say that small hats came to America, couldn't get into other businesses and control them? so that they got and founded Hollywood in California. Did I say that or did the clip say that? That, that's all I want to know, right? So they said that. Now, what was so interesting, it was, man, it was so deep when he said, it. I was like, bro. One of the guys says, he talked about how the movies are set up. He what did he say? He said it is worship. The screen is larger than life and makes you feel small. So I want y'all to hear what he's saying. He's saying that going into the movies at this time was a ritual set up to make the image is larger than life and to make those who attend small, right? In order to project into the minds of the people that what they saw on the screen was the ideal and was better than reality. But it was deep because he said he used the word worship, which means that what he's really saying is that it's a ritual, a small hat ritual to capture 
the minds of the masses of people. And then the other woman said, right, that was deep too. She said, I don't think there was a concept of the American dream before who? Before the hats defined it. So the definition, the concept of the American dream is a hat concept. Right? I mean, it, you saw it. You saw it. I'm not making up things. I'm pulling things out of my hair. It's right there. And so I just wanted to set, I want to set the stage with that. And let people know that this is what the people who invented Hollywood are saying. This is not some conspiracy theory or that they're literally saying we came here, we set this up, we built this and we control it now. Right. Now, why is that important? It's important because we black people, we look at entertainers and hold them in a certain esteem. But if what I just showed you, the, the hats founded and owned Hollywood, then that means everybody that works in Hollywood is actually working for the hats. But you're like, okay, but what about the music industry? This is, I'm not gonna go into the whole history of the music industry, right? I'm saving that for a lecture. But it's the same thing. It's the same concept. When you look at who the um, who controls the companies, remember there. There's a you had you saw the Warner Brothers. There was Warner Brothers uh, studio for motion pictures, motion picture studio. But there's also a Warner Brothers. There was a Warner Brothers record label, right? The reason. Prince was writing slave on his face and all that was because he was trying to get out of his deal with Warner Brothers because he saw the new technology that was coming up, which is what we're using now with social media. And he saw the Internet and all those things. And he was trying to get out of his contract. That's why he changed his name and all all that stuff, because he was fighting with the hats for control of his music. And then when he bought, got finally got back control of his music and then he went into a deal with them for distribution or something then he mysteriously dies and next thing you know all his music is on you know he's his music is on commercials long as i've been alive none of his stuff had been on commercials you could you couldn't even find his stuff on youtube soon as he's dead boom it's everywhere now who's making the money from it i think we we can guess right michael jackson He's he came out. He said something about the hats. The hats came down. They come tell him you got to change the song, change the lyrics of the song. Right. And then next thing you know, he got allegations of, about pedophilia and all this stuff. At, at a time when he is the most popular and powerful artist on earth. And has bought the masters of the Beatles. Who was the most popular artist on earth before him? And then all these legal problems and all this stuff happens. 
and then he dies. Well, actually, he died first, but you you get the point, right? So we see now that not only is there control of the the uh, motion picture industry, which of course means they control of television because they go hand in hand, but it's control of the music industry. And we see that certain parts of things, when you go against certain things, weird things start to happen, right? And later on, because I was trying to I was trying to edit it out, but um I have a video uh on Tupac coming out this week dealing with you know they tried to um alter his legacy and rainbow up his legacy i got documentation of him saying some things that'll clear all that up right because one thing that we see taking place is anyone that represents strength masculinity or rebelliousness they're alive as a black man they're trying to force them to wave the rainbow flag, right? And so I'm going to counter that. I was looking for, uh, I was looking for something for, um, I was looking for some information from Tupac directly and I finally found it because I had recorded the video, the sound was messed up and then I found what, the, I found the video I was looking for after that and so i said all right well obviously it was meant <laughs> for this not to come out yet because more effective information came out and let's see sister Vanessa said i knew something was about to happen to prince when i first saw the dr pepper commercial and they were using his likeness with a with uh Yuru Goofy. i thought that came out after but if you say it came out before yeah, I, I thought that came out after, but either way, it's kind of let you know. And uh, Brother Crow says uh, the hat started created pornography industry. Right. Again, y'all running ahead of me. I'm, I'm getting to that. Um, and let's see, I missed a lot of comments while I was going on. Uh, let's see, Brother Dawood says, look at top entertainers and media marketed to black people, Tyler Perry, Oprah, degrading music, even so-called woke media presents themes driven by hats, alphabets, and unproductive politics. Indeed. And Brother You Got Ripped Off says because the Angles hated the hat immigrants in the 1800s, they left the hat. They left the hats to create success on their own and never destroyed it like they did us, which allows the hats to wander their way to Anglo minds. And then and here's the thing with that. That's correct. Um and there's two things with that. One, there was a set of hats that were that had come before that had would that had helped set up some finance to allow them to do that. And two, the hats control the Anglos religiously. Now the Anglos aren't as religious as they were, but the hats had the Anglos spiritually binded through their Bible and their Christianity. So that's why it's hard here in, in, in America because the Anglos who are most hardcore are also religious driven and that's why it's hard for them to come out against the hats whereas opposed in Europe when um religion start to not be as popular you would see Anglos start just rolling on hats 
and you know forcing them to go to different countries so that's what that is but all of those are excellent points now um what i wanted to do because a lot of people didn't know about the whole bob johnson selling bt thing i wanted to bring up just bring this up i know everyone here who's watching now already knows this but people in general didn't seem to know people were surprised i was like okay let me put this here so people can see it all right it says bet holdings to be bought by viacom for 2.3 4 billion right this was in 2000 so for those who didn't know and if you're like 25 you wouldn't know bet has been owned by viacom for over 20 years now what i didn't know and i had a clip but the clip was too long i had time to edit it is that before they straight black fire brother uh kevin what i didn't know was that bob johnson actually got five hundred thousand dollars from john malone who is a mogul um media mogul to start BET back in I believe either the late 70s or early 80s so I never knew where the financing had come from so at the foundation of it the financing had come from what I believe to be a hat but was definitely a Yuruku right and Bob Johnson said that he told he was a lobbyist for cable the cable industry and he came up with the idea and he said he got the idea basically as an update of john h johnson who johnson publications uh ebony and jet magazine that's who john h johnson was john h johnson was a pioneer black entrepreneur um I believe he may have started in the 50s. I'm not sure. He, that was one of those things that everybody had Ebony and Jet when I was growing up. It was just one of those things that just existed and had been around. And I'm not even sure. I should have did the research on John H. Johnson. I didn't because it was a key to me getting into what I want to get into. But it is good information to, to have and to know because he is a pioneering black entrepreneur. So Bob Johnson basically was saying that the BET concept was an updating of the John H. Johnson publishing concept, but brought to the media of that day, which was television, right? So when he said that, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And if you look at BET when he was running it, right, he was saying that it was it was supposed to be tailored to middle class black people the way that ebony and jet was tailored to middle class middle class black people in the 60s and the 70s right so if you look at it for those who remember you had like ed gordon you had like doing ed gordon was doing news from a black perspective you had bev smith you had a lot of serious discussions 
um, on politics, on uh, world current events. Uh, you had a lot of discussion on um, South Africa because that was still going on. Uh, you had various people come on. And then you had the music side of it. But even the music side of it at that time wasn't because hip hop wasn't big yet. Wasn't focused on even on the hip hop of the day. And this was before the whole Luke NWA thing had happened. Right. Because this was like mid 80s when it really started up and you just turn on your TV and BET was part of your normal TV um the normal cable package right and then eventually um it would start to change you would start to see the changing of the yeah you would start to see more of a focus on music because i mean you know donnie simpson used to be on on bet and they like it seemed like it wasn't until like the late 80s where they started to have hip hop and dance hall and things like that. And really, it wasn't until the 90s that you really start seeing. I saw somebody say something about Uncut. I I just remember Uncut sometime in the 90s. Like literally, it, it's a true story. Like literally, um, me and a couple of my boys, we went out. You know, came out late, came home, chilled out, turned on the TV, and Uncut was on. That That's how we discovered it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We just came back from hanging out late, and voila, you know, it was there. And we're like, what is, what's happening here? Of course, and then it just got, the videos just got more and more, you know. You ever saw Uncut, you know. Like, literally, depending on what age you were, you either fell asleep with the TV on, and you discovered Uncut. Or you came back from hanging out and you discovered uncut it. You everybody I talk to, that's that's their story. And then next thing you know, as soon as I go off, some gospel show comes on at five o'clock in the morning or, or whatever time it was. Um, that's that was the dichotomy once they started transitioning away from the serious news and information that black people needed. That's when you start getting uncut leading right into gospel. Um, and but then the brother says that was the early 2000s. But again, what's interesting, right? You say it was the early 2000s again. What does it say? November 4th, 2000 BT holdings to be bought by Viacom. Now, the question is, well, okay, who owns Viacom, right? Because that should be the next logical question. You're like, all right, well, they sold it to Viacom, who owns Viacom? And we look. And we see here, and we look, and who do we have? We have CBS Viacom Merger Reunites Story Network with Comedy Central, MTV, Paramount Pictures. And we have Summer Redstone and his daughter. Type of name is Redstone? Okay, there we go. So when you start seeing the degeneracy, when you start to see the change in tone, when you start to see the move away from news and information, that's right at the time when the hats took over. No surprise. So when we look at BET now, we're looking at it 
even though there are black people in place who have various positions, the the company is owned by CBS Viacom, which is owned by Summer Redstone, who is a hat, who in this picture appears to be wearing a toupee as opposed to a hat. But you get my point, right? So when black people turn on BET and our young people don't know, and we see and people talk about the BET Awards and Little Nas did this and Megan Thee Stallion did that and these other people did such and such. They're all controlled by the hats and the company is owned by the hats. And this this is this points to something, right? This is some points to something that they do. It is a neat, 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 neat trick. They'll either buy something that's been built up by us in this case, or they'll take someone who they see they can bend to their will, build that person up and finance them. You look behind Oprah, her, she's hat financed, right? So when you hear about Oprah having all this money, yeah and no. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? She's hat finance. Tyler Perry. I haven't looked deep into Tyler Perry yet, but I'd be hard pressed to think that he built a whole studio by himself with no hat financing. Because even if you don't get the financing from someone that's in the field, the way that um, Bob Johnson did, where he got it from someone in the field. Because Bob Johnson, he told a story where he told the guy after he got the check for half, of, I believe half a million dollars, which of course, this is the early 80s. Because when he said it, I was like, you can't do anything with half a million dollars nowadays as far as media, right? He said after he got the check, he's like, hey, what should I do? I've never run a business before. Bob Johnson was a lobbyist, right? Now he's a billionaire. But he, when I was growing up, it was taught to us like he was this wildly successful, experienced, knowledgeable businessman. And now I look and the man, I saw the video, the man saying that he had never run a business when he started BET. But he got the financing from Yoruba. Think about it. Think, think about what I just said. This is arguably the most successful black media company in America. And I say arguably because you could you could argue between BET and Kathy Hughes. Ironically enough, both of them headquartered here in Washington, D.C. at one time. Right. And one of them is completely hat finance. And the person who did it, it wasn't even a business person. So even in modern time, <laughs> we are taught 
complete mythology about quote unquote successful black people. The successful black people are controlled by the hats. And as we saw earlier, when the hats talk about their founding of Hollywood, they control the ideas of what it is to be an American and molded it around their identity. So when we go, and I don't know if y'all can hear that, somebody's shooting on fireworks as I'm talking, somebody in the neighborhood. And there's a true story, this happened probably two hours ago. I went outside to take the trash out, right? Go outside to take the trash out. We go to, no, I look around, see what's going on. It's relatively quiet. And I look up, and I see a couple, you know, come, like come around the corner. And um, the brother, well, actually, I noticed the sister first. I noticed the sister, she's wearing an American, um, American flag shirt. And I just kind of looked and I said, like, oh, okay, wow, that's interesting. Um, and then I look at the brother and he's wearing like a stars, but he didn't have stripes, it was just stars on the blue background. He got a short set going on. And I, I was like, I was like, look, I, and I didn't have my phone with me because I was just going outside to take the trash out, come back. I said, no one's going to believe this story. <laughs> No one's gonna believe it. I didn't, I couldn't believe it. I just I looked. So wow. So when we're thinking we're being patriotic, we think we're being uh, um, we think we're being loyal to America. In the modern context, the idea of what Americanism is for the last one hundred years has been completely shaped by the small hats. We go, if you're dealing with their religion, you control psychologically by the hats. You're dealing with their politics, you control by the hats. Finance controlled by the hats. Education controlled by the hats. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. It's yet it in one aspect is so obvious, and yet in one aspect is hidden. And it's to the point where it, it almost seems ridiculous for you to say it, even though it's right in front of our faces. Right? And Brother Kevin says, now I'm starting to see the pattern. There's also uh, Robert Smith, Byron Allen, Matthew Johnson, Ice Cube. It's only faces in figures. Yeah, I, I saw uh, I saw Ice Cube and it was always, it was always interesting because Cube had stood against the hats when he was young, when he was studying under Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad. And um, yeah, when I saw him get in with some things and then I saw some some Urugu that I had never seen before standing next to him with the, uh, I believe this was the big three. And I believe um, the big three basketball has actually been acquired by something called Triller. If I'm, I heard somebody say that earlier. So 
I have to actually research and see who that is because I only knew about Triller because they were um, hosting uh, boxing matches. And I saw that someone says that uh, Stan Lee is Stanley Martin Lieber. Yeah, that's not that's not a shock to me. I didn't know that, but that's not a shock because yeah, Stan Lee definitely looks very fantastic. And you notice that many of the um, many of the Marvel Comics heroes were based in um, in New York. Uh, Captain America. Spider-Man um, and Fantastic Four. All, you know, most of those, the kind of like the foundational ones from the 60s, most of those were from, were in New York, in and around New York, in and around, from the places in New York uh, that hats were traditionally from. So that's not a shock. I always, I always figured he was a hat. I just didn't know his full name. So, uh, brother, you got ripped off. Thanks for that. And brother, you got ripped off. You had another. You had another. Oh, okay. He said, "Don't forget about the comic industry." Stanley was a hat from military intelligence. Okay, I didn't know he was from military intelligence. Um. So I didn't. I didn't know that part. And somebody was talking about the uh, the pornography industry. I haven't really gotten to that. It's kind of hard to research that without your computer blowing up. Um. But I remember a long time ago, and we talked we talked about falling asleep and BET coming on back in the day. Don't fall asleep when uh with HBO. Don't fall asleep on the wire because you don't know what's gonna be on when you wake up. Um, I remember seeing uh I think a documentary, but they were talking about they were in fact they showed old this, this stuff was. This was um this was not only black and white, it had no sound. And they were doing pornography back then with with no sound, back when people were playing the piano in the theater. That's how far it goes back on the um go the pornography in in film goes. That's how far back that goes. And of course, with technology, and th this was deep about that, real quick. The better the technology got, the more access and the easier access children got to pornography. So the better the technology got, like if you're from my generation and I don't know if it, like when I was and I don't know if this was a local thing, I don't actually have any idea. But I just remember when I was, I don't know, maybe like eight years old or something. This sometime, sometime in the early 80s, there was, this was before we had cable, but one of my relatives had something and it was called Super TV. And the children at school knew it, like my schoolmates knew about it, right? Again, children always know, can't hide anything from them. Um, and the thing about it that was deep with the Super TV was that it was on, I don't know how people got it, because again, I was a child, but I don't know if they got a, a cable box. I don't, I don't I don't know how it went, right? I don't know how it worked. But weirdly enough, it was on, if you turned on a regular channel, 
and I can't remember if it was like, I don't think it's one of the, now I'm, I'm gonna show you how old I am here. <laughs> you know, like I'm talking about my childhood. So we got to go way back. You got to think about what TVs used to look like. That used to be a big dial, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Um, it was a big dial on the TV with like four, five, seven, nine, all that stuff. And then there was a little dial. And the little dial had like stuff in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, channel 50, 60, something, whatever. Something like that, right? But I think on the other dial, this stuff would come on, but it was scrambled, right? But again, you're dealing with children. If it's if it's there, you can find it. And if you went to, if you turned on that channel, whichever channel it was, the super TV was being it was being broadcast, but it was just scrambled. So you couldn't see it, and sometimes you could see it and you couldn't see it, and you would hear noises and stuff, and depending on what's going on, you kind of hear the movie. Anyway, Super TV had stuff that wasn't appropriate for children on it, right? So that and that was before uh HBO. Um, that, that was before we had cable anyway, but then my grandfather got, got tape, got cable. Um, so got HBO and whatever it was. And I just remember being a child, like you would hear the HBO song, you know, a, mo a movie was coming on that you hadn't seen. And it was like a big deal. You know, he's like, Oh, you know, it was all like your mind was conditioned. What they call it? Like Pavlov's dog. They hear certain, like you hear the HBO sound, you know, like, oh, HBO movie coming on, you know, you just get excited. You know, when when I was a child, but then I saw somebody say um, VHS. Right. That's another thing. So you had the cable. Uh, brother, you got ripped off, said the top dial was one to 12. The bottom dial was 25. All right. Thank you. Because I couldn't remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I, I knew it two dials. I knew the numbers. I just couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, so you had the you had the. The tapes, because at the very beginning, because I remember one of my relatives had, he had a different tape player. So way at the beginning, there was two tapes. There was the Beta, Betamax. It was either Beta or Betamax. And, and, and then there was the VHS. And then eventually Betamax, they lost the battle. They went by the wayside. And then everybody had a VCR, right? Um... And then, of course, again, your child, someone, if someone in your house had the inappropriate stuff on the videotape, the children found it, right? Then eventually, as time went on, the internet comes along. What's the first thing that's on the internet? We already know. The internet comes along. Now, we got to think about it. Our children are to the point where they walk around with a computer in their hand all day. I mean, if you're on Instagram, first of all, I mean, some of these sisters are just showing you whatever you want to see anyway, really. I mean, to be completely honest, yes, that is what it is. Um, but then there's other stuff they can get access to. And then we look at our children. Wondering why they acting like they're acting, why they know what they know, why they saying what they're saying, why they're doing what they're doing. 
but the tools for entering their mind is in their hand. The entire world of information is in their hand. And the thing that's so dangerous is that some of these new social medias, when they come up, the only people that know about these things, and I, they had did a, a special on the news about, I can't remember what it was, but it was some social media I had never heard of. And literally the only people that knew about this thing, because I think it had like, um, I think it had like messages that disappeared or something. Like it had some special feature. And I haven't heard about it since, so I guess the pressure came on, they got rid of it. But, um, you know, the only people that knew about it was like young people and pedophiles. It was the only people that knew about the social media. No adults knew nothing about it. They asking people on TV, people looking at them like, they were, I don't know what this is, what are you talking about? I had never heard of it. I got to check my child's phone. So that's the world we live in where everyone has access to the minds of our children. Ex literally except us if you're working all the time, right? So that that's where we are. That's why is that's why the focus on entertainment is so dangerous. And uh, Brother Crow says social media, most social media had ranked. Hey, without question, that goes without saying. Without question, right? That's why there's certain things you can and can't say. Who knows if this show will stay up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know that I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't my intention to make this a hat focused discussion, but once I started getting into it, I realized you have to talk about the hats in order to talk about the entertainment, and then you're just going, you know, it goes from there, right? So when when we think about this, right? I don't. I think we we don't really realize how our worldview is skewed by people who are not our best friends. Now, of course, they tell us they're our best friends, but of course. Uh, Vanessa says Snapchat messages used to disappear. Okay, yeah, it may Snapchat may have been one, it was like two or three of them. Um, now these people tell us that they're our best friends, right? But secret relationship between blacks and Jews, volumes one, two, and three, paint a different picture. Uh, secret relationship between black leaders and small hats that you can get onehorizon.com. Tell us a different picture. Um, and there's other media and books that paint a different picture. So now when we look at the people that are put in front of us for entertain entertainers, right? Like this whole Shikari Richardson situation. We can now see why they say and do the thing, the things that they do. I made a post on Instagram uh, yesterday, and because someone had put up a post and they like they were saying, "Y'all wouldn't support, um, y'all wouldn't support who did they use, y'all wouldn't su support Usain Bolt." 
if he's LGBT, so why are you supporting Shakari Richardson? Now I saw it and I'm like, wait, what? Because I remember someone saying that she had said something against Lil Nas X. So I'm looking around, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like literally, I'm saying, what are you talking about? And then I go on the internet and she's saying that her girlfriend picked out her hair color. So I'm like, hmm, let me read that article. And then it's talking about her and Pride Month and her girlfriend and this and that and so forth and so on. And now all of this is after the whole marijuana story. And then I then I realized it. I said they're playing up the marijuana story. This is my theory, right? Now, if they don't let her run, then I'm wrong. Or they heard this, say, oh, they figured it out. Let's get her out of here. Hype up someone else. But I said they're hyping up the marijuana story to get black people invested in her because most people didn't know who she was. You know what I'm saying? She's an Olympic athlete. You literally, if you don't follow track and field, you follow these people, you see them once a year, um, and then you get invested in them because if you like me, you just root for the black people. I just root for the black people. I don't care where they're from. I look at the opening Olympics to see the different black countries. I see who they are, um, and I tell us. <laughs> Tell an Olympic story, and I don't see the sister in the chat. I don't, she might be listening, but um, and and that's how it goes. Now I have I like track and field, so I'll look at like the U.S. trials or some of the other things um, that they have, you know, uh, NCAA championship things like that. So I'll be having more of a clue than a general person. But most people, the Olympics come around. You look at it, they tell you this person represents. The U.S. and you might look at some black people from some other country, and you like most black people. You root for the black people. The black people when you like, hey, that's cool. The black person won. Olympics goes away. You don't think about it for four more years. It's pretty much how it goes, right? Now, I saw that. I saw the controversy. Her Q rating goes up, and then I see <laughs> the sister post, hey, you know this person is this. And I see that and I'm like, oh man, here it is. They want to look like she's being treated unfairly and oppressed. So we get behind her and before we know it, we're supporting the Rainbow Coalition while we think we're supporting blackness. That's the play, the way I see it. And I didn't see, now I'm not saying that no one else saw it or no one else said it. I didn't see anybody else talk about it before I put it up. But once I put it up, everybody looked and was like, oh man, you're right. That's what it is. That makes perfect sense. And it's, it's, and it's real interesting because she literally in March with three months ago, four months ago, was talking about little Nas X and what he's doing. But now you joined the Rainbow Parade. So I don't know if she, because this is a true story. I worked with somebody like this. They, the woman, was 
She liked women. But she didn't like men who liked men. I don't understand. Don't don't ask me what's going on with it. I only seen it one time. Somebody I worked with years ago, and I was I was just thoroughly confused. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, wait, wait, what? She's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And she's just going off one day, and I'm just sitting here like, but I thought that, you know what, never mind. <laughs> you know? So I don't know if the Shikari Richardson name is that type of thing, or she was pretending, or she's pretending now. I don't know what really the deal is. But we're going to see her rainbowness played up during these Olympics. I put money on it. And that's the danger of us being obsessed with entertainment because now they can take and shape and mold our minds with, I mean, whatever form of entertainment it is. I mean, we just saw the NBA, and I, I got to, I mean, not the NBA, excuse me, the NFL, and I got to find the clip. Some random uh, Urugu, that's right, brother, I am smash the like button. Yeah, please smash the like button. Let the uh, let the YouTube algorithm know that uh, you approve this message. Somebody, I couldn't find a clip, but somebody said that the NFL, a random NFL player came out and said that, He's homosexual. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's June. Yeah, it's it's not NFL season. Yeah, I don't know why you want to say it now. Hey, whatever. You just felt like saying it. Yeah, congratulations. Move along. And then somebody was like, Oh, have you seen that new NFL commercial? I'm like, No, because of course it's June. We're nowhere near NFL season. So, you know, we know there's nothing. As far as I know, there's nothing NFL related that's going on. I'm like, why would they have a new commercial? And they're like, the NFL commercial says, uh, in essence, I can't remember if they said that the NFL said that they're pro-gay or pro-LGBT or LGBT or it's something, something like that. And I was like, I was like, really? They're like, yeah, it's, it's a whole commercial. So I'm a, I gotta find a commercial. When I find a commercial, I do a video about about it. But I was like, "This is interesting." And what it made me think is, it's my thought. Could be wrong. Could not be wrong. They have gotten to the point where it's not just black men, but they've gotten to the point where they want to take everything that we think of as being centered in masculinity and aggression and toughness and um, mental fortitude and all these things that you can learn from sports. Because if you play sports, you can learn these things. Like if you ever, whatever sport there is, if you, any of the brothers, especially if you play sports, you don't understand what I'm saying. If you've boxed, if you've done martial arts, you play football, you play basketball, whatever it is, 
Sports is one of the ways in this society that principles of manhood and masculinity is passed on from older generation to younger generation, right? Sports is one of the ways you learn to control your emotions. If you're a boxer and you get emotional, right? Because boxing is a skill and a strategy sport. If you get emotional, you can get knocked out. Because you forget your fundamentals, you'll forget your defense, you're trying to get get back on a guy. You're either going to commit fouls, hit below the belt, things like that, or you're going to get punished. So the discipline, it from the training, the, the training is rigorous, it's discipline, but the disciplining of the mind to overcome fear, right? The discipline of the mind to overcome pain, the disciplining of the mind to overcome uh, adversity comes with learning that sport. Football, same thing. A physically um, excruciating sport, right? Most a lot of times is you against physically against another man and him attempting to impose his will on you and you attempting to impose your will on him and you learning to overcome adversity, whether it's defeat, injury, um, inability to execute, whatever the case may be. But my point is, is that all of these, all of these sports have traditionally in American society been used as a way to transmit principles of masculinity and manhood from one generation to another. So for years, literally, you like black people has said, okay, we have unruly youth. They don't have anything to do. What can we do? And people are like, okay, let's do something fun. Let's teach them how to play whatever the case may be. You know, let's, teach them how to, let's start a football program, let's start a basketball program, so forth, so on. And if you're a certain age, I'm sure you all, we've all been in those, right? And you learn those lessons and those principles. Now we're to the point where they're breaking down those things and trying to take the masculinity out of it. And they're bringing in female coaches and they're uh, making the rules so more is less less physical and they, you don't have to practice as hard in an NFL. And I mean, all of these things which are uh, chipping away at the core masculinity aspect of the sport. And then now they just say, hey, man, we're, we're gay, <laughs> you know? Here it is, bam, there it is. So everywhere we turn, especially in entertainment, we see different agendas being played out. Where they saw, you know, at one at one time anyway, you couldn't turn on uh, a commercial. And now the commercial comes on your social media and, and whatnot. So, you know, you got to turn on your TV for your commercial. At one time, you couldn't turn on a commercial without seeing some type of mixed couple. Right? 
but at, at a few years ago, you couldn't turn it on without seeing some black guy with some non-black woman. Every commercial. If there was a black person in it, that's what it's going to be. Now, later on, you see it both ways. So you'll see a sister and she's in a car and who knows what they're selling. And it's her, Urugu, two babies who obviously supposed to represent some type of mix of them. And that's a family. And then they'll roll out the brother and his person, whatever they may be. And roll that out. But they started with the brothers first. But now they focus a lot on the sisters. I see a lot of commercials with sisters with just random people. And children who look like they could be a mix of whatever. <laughs> you being completely honest. Like, like sometimes they sometimes they look like they could be the two people. Children, sometimes you look, you're like, them it's don't look like anybody but it doesn't matter because the idea is to give the idea and to beam again to what enter taint our mentality with the idea that happiness and a happy family and bliss and luxury and all these things involves you black man being with a non-black woman and you black woman being with a non-black man, even if it means you black man being with another non-black man and you black woman being with a non-black woman. Because I've seen that too, where you know that some black woman in a commercial and then she in the bed and she's in the bed with a woman and you looking around and wait, you know, did I just let me run that back. Now see what I think I saw? Yeah, you, you saw what you thought you saw. You saw what you saw, thought you saw. And in fact, <laughs> I was, um, when um, there was a, a new Law and Order show came, came out. And I was like, oh, Law and Order show. And they brought the guy back. And I was like, oh. I was like, man, I might check this out. I might, I might have told this before. And I think maybe two or three episodes in. I was like, man, this is an interesting show. I wonder, you know, I like the way it's written. It's like, okay, it's kind of interesting. So they had the sister, and she was, you know, supposed to be the tough sister, and she's going to be in charge, the investigation, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, bam, she with another sister in the bed, and then that sister's pregnant. Now, you got two women who are obviously women, and they're in the bed, but one of them's pregnant had nothing to do with the storyline of the show at all. They had a little side storyline with her. I can't even remember. But anyway, there was no reason whatsoever for her to either. She could have had a husband. Could have had a black husband. Or she could have um, just been single. But they made time for that little storyline on the side. But her being, um, her being a lesbian, there was no need for that in the story 
whatsoever. It just ran, they just randomly threw it. Had nothing to do with her career, had nothing to do with them catching the criminals. They didn't do like they like law and order would normally do and have the bad guy kill your spouse. It wasn't you none of that stuff. She just like yes, she's she's a lesbian. Yeah, bam. Take that with you. <laughs> you know, and I was like, man, I just sat there, I was like, I should have known. Should have known that there's a reason why this sister was in the show, and that was the only that that was literally the only reason she was in the show. That was it was literally the only reason they had. It was no other purpose for her to uh, for for them to even explore her sexuality, if you will. Which is there. It was there, and and I think they intentionally made her girlfriend or whatever pregnant so that again what enter and taint the mind of our youth that I can have a happy family without a black man because it could be me my girlfriend and this baby you sitting there as an adult thing you're going to watch some crime drama and action shoot them up and your child walks in the room and that's what they see and they're like, I'm confused. And they walk back out. <laughs> and you don't think about it. You never had a discussion with them to figure out what they just absorbed. And so that's why. And it's so difficult because even if you even if you say I'm not watching TV because I, I did this did this a few years ago. I didn't have a TV <laughs> to watch. Didn't have a TV. It's like I'm not watching TV. Not I wasn't really on social media like that. I think I think the only social media I had may have been a Twitter just before they they cut off um they cut off my Twitter and all that stuff. Um but what you find is interesting is you find yourself and it's probably more so now than it. You find yourself not knowing what's going on. And when people are talking, you have no idea what they're talking about. I, to be honest, even though I have stuff, I still be confused because I don't, you know, I'm older now. So I don't know who the rappers are that people are talking about. I don't know. Uh, I don't know some of the actors. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. Like people will fill me in and stuff. I, Y'all don't know it. I'm trying to think. Have I messaged you got ripped off? But if you follow me on on, uh, on Instagram or something, every now and then there's certain people, especially younger people, I will DM them. You're like, what is this? <laughs> Who is this? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. So I'll be like, oh. Right? Like somebody had a song. Um, I actually don't know who had a song. Somebody had a song. The title was vulgar. I was like, well, and I I thought, I, was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I think I know what that is. And I asked the sister, she was like, oh, that's what it is. I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, they, and she, I was like, so this is like the hottest song out. She's like, yeah, this is the hottest song out. I'm like, they let people get away with this? And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, of course they do. I mean, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Megan Thee Stallion has a new song out. 
T-H-O-T stuff. Hide a song out. Hide a song out. And I, I remember when I finally realized that the entire look that we see, which I call the tranny look, the entire look that we see was something that people got off of the, and I think we talked about this before, but got off of the um, love and hip hop and all that stuff. I had no idea. I, you know, I'm old. I, I, I remember when sisters didn't wear makeup. In fact, I remember when sisters not only did they not wear makeup, but sisters clown European females for wearing makeup. Now, sisters are making videos telling sisters that have some confidence in your bare face. We got they, we have a word for it now. Like bare face and natural hair is a movement to counteract what's been going on for the last, I guess, decade. Because that's how far skewed and that and at least in the look, the aesthetic that our women have come, that other women have to come and push back. And it's weird because there's been a natural hair movement for years. And yet somehow, well, not somehow, I know how, but the tranny look has just rolled right over the whole natural hair movement and rolled over the natural face movement and then rolled over the natural body movement. To now sisters are, want to look like, uh, um, you know, Megan and uh, Cardi and uh, what's the other one? You know. And what's so deep is I saw a picture of Megan and Stein without any of that stuff. And I was like, she's far more attractive in her natural state to the point to the point I didn't even I didn't believe it was her when I saw the picture. I was like, what? I was like, man, this fake. I had to look it up. She had posted it on her social media. I was like, oh. That's how bad it is that a famous woman can post their natural self and not be identifiable to somebody that's not familiar with her. And this is the imagery that's put in front of our our young girls and you don't have fathers in your home, there's no one to tell them that your natural self is sufficient. And then when a man comes along and he sees a sister and he tries to tell her that her natural self is sufficient, he may, he may open up a can of worms and get into an argument and trying to figure out why he's having an argument with a woman that he's saying he likes her as she is. And she wants to like almost fight physically. That's that's where we are. Like our, the minds of our women in this aspect, right, have been attacked so much. And when I when I I, I was like, okay, why has this become so popular? But what I realized is this is what I realized. The men that many young women see as desirable are shown with and shown uh, being attracted to 
the women with this look. And that's how they get it. So regular guy, right? Or conscious dude or nine to five brother, his idea of beauty is not as relevant to average sister as the idea of beauty that she sees the top of the economic ladder man being attracted to, which for many sisters is rappers and athletes. There are not many black actors and most of them you see with uh, European women and you don't see black businessmen unless you're of that um, economic, um, you're within that economic classification. So a younger woman, her aspirations for the top man from an economic standpoint, and even maybe maybe she sees that as a top man from a masculinity standpoint, is that the rapper and the athlete. And so she looks at who he looks at and appears to be attracted to and then models her look after those women. And suddenly, just like that, black women no longer find their physical bodies sufficient. Right? That's the error. This 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 was confounding to me. We're in that area. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. This, this is not crazy. We're in an era where black women think that the physical attribute that black women are known the most for is insufficient to attract the men that they desire the most. But yeah, so <laughs> I saw people earlier this week talking about a BBL. In my ignorance, I didn't know what they were talking about. I asked somebody, they were like, yeah, it's a Brazilian butt lift. I said, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I kind of thought maybe that was it. But I'm like, the women who are known for having ample assets around the world are going to a foreign country to get additional put on top of what they naturally have, which is already considered superior by everybody in the world for 5,000 years. Because what they see on TV. And it looks crazy. I saw uh, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember when. I was downtown DC. Sister comes out of a restaurant. Um, relatively small, you know, small framed. And she turns around. <laughs> And I look and I'm like, oh, there ain't no way that's real. 
because it didn't fit anything else on her body. And I looked, and I looked again. She turned around, she looked, and the look on her face was like, yeah, I see you looking. But she's thinking I'm looking because I'm like, oh, wow, ooh, I want that. And I'm looking like, yo, that looks crazy. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I mean, so before that, it was a thing that you saw people talk about or a thing you saw on uh, uh, social media or whatever the case may be. But now I saw it live and in person. I was like, this. I'm like, so no one just, and I was just, no one, yeah, whatever. Because in me, she doesn't know me. It ain't no way in the world I'm around to tell her, like, hey, sister, you know, you know, your natural self probably was, hey, I'm like, a, like a, talk to some random sister. Hey, you, that's not even, that's for sisters to tell each other, you know. Uh, brother, you got ripped off. Says rappers have reduced the image of African women to sex items and not compliments. Absolutely, without question. And that's and let's be honest, that started in my generation with Luke. He was the one that really started the um, the object object. You know what I'm trying to say. That started objectifying our women um, sexually exploiting them sexually and making them sex objects. He was the one that really started that in the 80s. And I found that out when I went down to um, to Florida. Like before that, no, no one was really doing that. And it's so funny because when he first came out, people was like, who? well, not when he first came out, but when he first went natural, people were like, hey, who are these dudes? You know? Um, Let's see, uh, Brother Allen says, if she ain't <laughs> if she ain't nappy, I ain't happy. Black women hate me for saying they look best the way they were born. Yeah, you can yeah, you can get some serious arguments just telling sisters that you appreciate them as is. You can um you can lose a whole relationship nowadays just telling the sister you like her as, as she is. I remember I remember one time I was out in public and my brother was arguing about him, arguing with his woman about her weave and Man got all loud and I had to turn around. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I'm like, that really he ain't gonna never be able to repair that relationship. And he just arguing with her, trying to tell her he like her as she is. Um and Brother Allen says, uh <laughs> Brother Brown says, fake posterior is not lining up with us. I, 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 no question. Uh Brother Allen says we need warning labels on shows and movies saying that it's gonna have some uh LGBT propaganda in it. I really turn on TV because I'm tired of psychological sneak attacks. Yeah, it, it'll wear you down. It'll wear you down. Um, Brother Crow says, I saw on the internet where sisters are going to Dominican Republic to get plastic surgeries. Oh, that's where they go now? Okay. I didn't know that. I, I guess that's closer than I guess that's closer than Brazil. And uh, you got ripped off says they get the BBLs to become OnlyFans stars. Um, Sucks to be them since sight had banned uh porn. Yeah, only only fans now now they generated all that money. Now they want to go legit. So that turned out the BBLs turned out to be a bad uh bad investment for any um sisters who made that investment 
two ass brother ripped off you got ripped off says become only fan stars yeah you did that bad investment i don't know how much that stuff costs i'm sure it costs thousands of dollars but yeah i saw that somebody else will, somebody else will come up and take only fans place because um if i saw the story correctly they got like a billion dollar valuation on their company or something like that uh i can't remember how much revenue they were generating but it was something it was something astronomical but I think uh, OnlyFans is probably looking at the fact of things opening up and people having stuff to do besides sit in front of their computer, and they're probably trying to trying to transition now before uh, their revenue streams collapse. Uh, that seems like that's the business move they were they were making. Um. Uh. Let's see, sister, the team that knew what you were saying, one of my sisters, somebody say was not blessed with what people call a black woman body. Her male friend mentioned to a friend of his that maybe my sister should introduce me to him. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you know, this whole, you know, is so weird because at least for me um it's i don't socialize with certain types of people so there are certain things that a brother would not say around me like i won't be around anybody that would say uh for example um that they like non-black women right i wouldn't be around brothers who will say that um and I remember, in fact, I, I remember when when Nicki Minaj first came out. This, I guess this has been 10 years ago now. Time moves so fast. And um, I saw her and I was like, something wrong with this. And this brother, he was going on and on. I'm like, man, you seen Nicki Minaj? And this was at a, a job I had years ago. And he's like, man, you seen Nicki Minaj? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I seen him. And he was like, um, yeah, man, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And he's going on talking about her body and everything like that. And I'm I'm looking at him and I'm like, bro, you can't tell that's not real. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm thinking while he's going on and on and on. And I just like, okay, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, okay, whatever. And, you know, if that's what you like. That's what you like. Because at that time, that was before all of this stuff became popular. I mean, we just we just in a different era and I just had to accept we're in a different era. But we're in a different era, not because quote unquote times change, but because the people who we've been talking about change the times. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So they change the mentality and change what our people desire and change the way we think. Like Amos Wilson talked about, he talked about Europeans implanting desires in our minds for us to consume their products and things like that. Lord Bell says, whatever happened to the skinny black women with natural athletic bodies seems that everyone wants to be thick. Um, I mean, those sisters are around. Um, You just got to, you know, you just got to search for them, you know. You know, I, I remember 
a few years ago talking to a brother and he was just he was just complaining about and it actually it's been it's been like five six years ago so he's a little bit he's probably around your age and he was just like man so many of these sisters his at he was saying his age like man so many of these sisters is overweight and this and this and that and so forth so on i was like man well you know you just haven't you know you just haven't found the right woman and found where to look now you know now that he has more confidence and been in the gym he has no problem finding whatever type of woman he likes so sometimes it's just hey you know sometimes it's just us sometimes you just have to and something then like i had talked about on other videos sometimes you just have to change your environment you know but you're right louisville every sister wants to be thick because they're getting the message that that's what every brother wants um but the reality is, is that just as far as what brothers want different brothers are attracted to different things i i remember telling i remember talking talk to a couple of brothers and um we were just talking about different women and one brother was talking about a sister he like she's like she's really attractive. And I'm like, she's cool. <laughs> you know, like, I I just I wasn't saying she was unattractive. I was like, she's cool. And he laughed. And then I thought about it. I said, well, brother, we'll never have we'll never have conflict. I said, we'll have disagreement. We'll never have conflict. And he was like, why? I said, because we're attracted to different women. So we'll never get into a fight over a woman and fall out over a woman because we just have the women that we like or the women that appeal to us the most we just you know we we like different things what appeals to us is different so we'll we never have conflict you know so i say that to say that we're still in a time where as long as the brother's not completely enslaved to social media and you know the media in general he's a free thinking person there's a variety of body types looks complexions hair textures you name it the brothers that appeal to brothers so i don't want you know speaking to sisters i don't want sisters to think that because whatever your body type is that there isn't a man who that appeals to because it simply is right if a sister is slim that brothers is going to be attracted to her if sister is a little bit chubby it's going to be brothers that's going to be attracted to her truth be told there's some 300 pound woman right now with some dude that weigh 130 pounds that's happening right now as we speak i don't think that's healthy for a sister but it is speaking of which i just and this is off topic and I'm going to close this out at four. I had no idea. So again, you know what? Again, this talk, this goes to social media, goes to women's uh, bodies and all that stuff. The whole Lizzo body positive phenomenon. I had no idea Lizzo's actual proportions. Now, for those who don't know Lizzo, she's a singer. She's very popular with our young sisters. And she is not small. 
I had no clue that Lizzo, according to some people, weighs over 300 pounds. And she's only 5'6". Now, the first time I saw her, right, I had no idea who she was. She may have been at the All-Star game or something. Oh, she went to some sporting event. She didn't have, she had some, I don't know what they were, jeans or some type of pants or whatever it was. And they had no, they no covering of her cheeks. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say here. And happy straight black pride month, brother I Allen. Brother, you got ripped off. Right. That's the first time I saw Lizzo. And you got ripped off. You said she's vegan? Well, okay. Didn't know that. Um, so that was the first time I saw her. And when I saw her, I was like, why? That was that was the only thing I was thinking was why. And this this is what's so this is what's deep. This was this was so deep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell y'all we think we're thinking original ideas, but we're following completely in the mind of the European. Years ago, sometime in the 80s, if you've seen 80s movies, you know all, all types of wild stuff happens. Years ago in the 80s, I have no idea what the name of the movie was. I probably should not have been watching the movie. Hey, it's 30 years ago now, <laughs> you know. But years ago, they had some movie that was supposed to be a comedy. And the movie was about a guy that had started a jean company. Jeans, you know. And the jeans had clear backsides, like two bubbles on the back or plastic or whatever, whatever it was. So the, you know, the posterior area was see-through. And the, the movie was about that, that company was trying to come up with a new idea to sell jeans. That was their idea. And the jeans became like the biggest selling jeans in, you know, in the world or whatever, in America, whatever the case was. Movie from the 80s. So when Lizzo does that, <laughs> eventually that's what comes to my mind. I'm like, I'm like, man, she must have seen that movie. And she's gonna come out here and, and do this. And but I never understood what why what her purpose was. And then somebody said that she was attracted to uh a basketball player, or maybe she said it publicly, whatever. Um Carl Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not sure who he plays for. I think it, I think he he went to Duke or North Carolina or something. I know what he looks like. I don't know who he plays for. Okay. Um, and then every time I see her, because somebody says she she's an artist, she's a singer. I never see anyone say, "Hey, this new Lizzo song is is popping. This was happening. It's lit. All that stuff." They say, "Man, have you seen see what Lizzo did this time?" I'm like. What she do this time? And it's always about her showing off her body. And I'm like, okay, fine. That's what you want to do. You want to show off her body. But then she comes out and talks about she's not happy and this and that and all this stuff and so forth, so on. Okay, brother Kevin also said, okay, he oh, he went to Kentucky and played some Minnesota. All right, thank you. All right, I was, I was completely wrong. <laughs> okay, I was completely wrong. 
Um, and she's talking about she how happy she she's not, and there's all this stuff. I right, see almost appear to be on the verge of a breakdown in public via her social media. And I'm thinking to myself, I say, oh, she's she she's really a bad example for our sisters because she's putting on a front, saying that it's okay to be her size, which is abnormally large for her height. It's not just somebody that's a little chubby. 300 pounds is huge. 300 pounds for a man is way morbidly obese at that height. 300 pounds is, when I think of 300 pounds, I think of a defensive tackle in the NFL. So we're talking about guys who are generally over six feet and around 300 pounds. Sometimes you get an offensive lineman that's 300 pounds. Generally, these guys are six foot four, six foot five, six foot six, and 300 pounds. She's a sister who is five six, I believe, and 300 pounds. Many times, offensive linemen who are over six feet will, when they retire, drop 20, 30 pounds. Guys will get down to 250, 260. She's big, as big as them, and nearly a foot smaller. And she's a woman. And when someone says it's unhealthy, they have something called fat shaming, which... Again, you know, I'm late to the party. Oh, Brother Crow just said he said when men tell women to lose weight or vice versa, we're called fat shank. Now, this this was deep for me. Now, correct me, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be wrong. When I hear body positivity in regards to um people being obese or whatever the case, I see it being directed at sisters. Well, at women in general, because I've seen some large European females that look like, literally look like pigs and cows, and they be part of that stuff too. I mean, not only are they, not only, not only are they, um, just obese, but the white women are usually facially just completely unattractive as well. Um, so of course they're gonna advocate for it because they don't, they're not appealing to anyone, including Yoruba. They're only appealing to random black dudes for whatever reason. Because I've seen that. I've seen it's the weirdest thing. I've seen skinny black dudes, these huge European females, and I've seen fit black dudes who are in shape. I don't want to understand it. I ain't arguing with nobody about it. It's crazy. And I, I'm wonderful producers. I've been cracking chips. Talking about there's thick and there's also syrup leaking diabetes. Nobody should feel comfortable rolling down the street or can't see their feet. I ain't skinny, but if I can't bend over and touch my toes, but I can't bend over and touch my toes. Um, and Brother Dawood said, apparently, he said, apparently, men are just fat. So we just fat. So any brothers that's not in shape, I ain't in the shape I need to be in. Yeah, I, I've said that I'm just fat. It's not body. There's no body positivity here. Like, 
no one wants the teddy bear dudes anymore, apparently. You know, we just fat. But the women, they're body positive. But yeah, that that was the thing I noticed. And I'm like, okay, if this wanna be a movement where you want people to feel better, okay, fine. You know, you don't want people because but the thing about it is this is the changes in society. When I was growing up, way back in olden time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, last century, you had to have the mental toughness. You had to develop mental toughness because people were going to talk bad about you regardless of whatever it was. If you were short, they talk bad about you. If you were tall, they would talk bad about you. If you were skinny, they talk bad about you. If you were fat, they talk bad about you. If you had too many muscles, they talk bad about you, right? Man, this dude must be on steroids. I mean, so it didn't matter. You got to talk bad about it. If you was in the black community, somebody talked bad about you. And you develop a thick skin, and you learn how to talk bad about them. And you just made jokes about each other, and you went on about your life, right? Nobody committed suicide. I mean, somebody committed suicide, but most people didn't commit suicide. You know, most people grew up in their body changed and they lived their life. I mean, we had... I knew somebody when I was in high school. The guy was chubby. He went away for the summer. He came back. He was six feet tall. He gained six inches. Hey, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His nickname was built around him being chubby. He, had to, he couldn't even call him by his nickname no more. He just came back. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it was what it was. Now, apparently, in this new era, no one can be criticized about anything anywhere unless of course you're straight black and proud and then it's fine for you to be attacked by everyone everywhere that's what it appears like to me but the danger again with someone like lizzo and i'm just pointing her out because she appears to be the black woman face of the body positive thing is that she sends a message to our sisters that she doesn't even sincerely believe in because she herself is dissatisfied with herself and it's not healthy. And that's the danger of it. That's the scary part of it is that she is, she's not happy, but she's projecting this false confidence and to our sisters and they're following behind it. And I remember I was on Twitter one time. And the reason I don't go on Twitter, because all the time, because it'd be toxic. So I'm talking about, come on, see what y'all arguing about today. Oh, I'm not interested in that. I leave, <laughs> like literally. But there, there's so, there was like a Twitter feud going on between black women who want to take care of their bodies and be in shape and black women who were talking about fat shaming and I mean, they were saying stuff like uh, that it was unnatural, that working out was unnatural or something. It was, it was it was wild. And sisters was going back and forth with each other. And I was like, what? What is happening? Why are sisters? Why does it have to be an argument? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, why are sisters who don't want to work out degrading sisters who do? 
and it's right along it went right along with the whole sisters degrading sisters who want to be with black men and call them pick me's and whatnot like we're at a point where everything that used to just be normal is now attacked as abnormal and everything that used to be abnormal is projected as normal and you get attacked in at least on social media now, i haven't seen nobody run up to nobody talking about you shouldn't exercise in person <laughs> you know what i'm saying i haven't seen that yet but you get attacked on social media for things that are positive and beneficial for you as a, as an individual or as a member of our community or as a community And brother, you got ripped off, says the irony that we have Monique to thank for promoting fatness. Interesting. Yet today she has standards after also promoting open marriage and white people saying the N-word. Hmm. I guess I hadn't been paying attention to what Monique was saying. I, I ain't know anything about her promoting open marriage. And, okay, brother. Yeah, thank you for filling that in. Yeah, and I saw, speaking of Monique real quick, I saw her and the whole bonnet thing, and that became a thing. And she just tried to say, tell sisters, hey, you know, and they jumped on her. And I, you know, I didn't pay attention because to me, that it's, it's so funny. It's one of those things where I was like, man, I don't really see sisters doing that. And then, literally, <laughs> like a few days after that whole controversy, like as soon as I walk outside, I almost bump into a sister. Two sisters that had the things on their head walking walking down the street. And I'm just like, well, maybe I maybe it was going on. I wasn't paying attention, but here it is in my face now. And I'm just like, it's not just to me, that whole thing. That's not even about that's not no sister thing or nothing like that. Because brothers refuse to still refuse to put their pull their pants up. That's a community standard of a loss of culture, dignity, and self-respect. And it just it's just different clothing for each gender. And sisters wearing one thing that at one time was not appropriate. Brothers doing something that was not appropriate. So that's not even a gender issue. Because we got brothers in their 40s sitting around you know what I'm saying? In their forties, with their pants below their buttocks. So that I mean, that's why I wouldn't even get into the whole. Yeah, I didn't even get into the violent thing. I'm like, we got to teach dudes how to wear pants. And brothers be, to be honest, brothers be ready to come to blows, right? Some of these young dudes act like they you some of these young dudes act like they're gonna pull out the pistol on you out here. You have to say it with some authority, with with a way that makes them think, okay, you want smoke over these pants, okay, whatever. But you gotta remember the first thing you're gonna do is reach down to pull your pants up, which means your face is wide open. But brothers do take brothers do take offense at you telling them to pull their pants up. Sometimes they'd be like, oh, okay, cuz. But yeah, other times they'd be like, who are you? 
So that's why I ain't worried about the sisters in the bonnet. That's 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 what the sisters figure out. We gotta get these dudes. They put pants on. Dudes who got two hundred dollar belts, but their pants is still below them, their buttocks. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is this is how far our culture has degenerated. And again, all of this is because of what? All this is because. The media and the hats have engineered our minds. And Brother Dawood said, Brother Sagan has gotten so bad that they now wear spandex shorts to, <laughs> to cover their posterior. I mean, in a minute, brothers are going to be wearing, going to be sagging their pants and wearing the um, the leggings that sisters are wearing. They're going to be wearing them under their jeans in a minute. That's that we that's this how close we are. You're right, brother. I have seen those shorts. That the only difference between those things and the leggings is that they're shorts. And brother Brown says, "How do skinny jeans fall? Because they can't. Because the jeans are so skinny, they can't pull them up. That's what that's what it is, brother. You can't pull the things up. You can't. You can't even pull them up. That's why they don't fall off. You. They never come up." And uh, uh, Sister Tila Nubia said they don't know that's a signal for homosexuality. Or maybe they do. Yeah, no, nah, some do. <laughs> and Brother Allen said, Dr. Welsing. Yeah, Dr. Welsing. Uh, she was disgusted while she was alive. I was listening to a clip of hers earlier in the day, and she was just talking about her disgust at what was being presented on a uh, hip hop magazine. So she was disgusted then. You know, if she was looking at this stuff now, she'd just be like, yeah, she'd be like I am now. In fact, to be honest, if she was around, I would probably be trying to have her come on, come on the show and talk about how ridiculous it is. <laughs> just be completely honest. You know, I mean, it's the end was speaking of Dr. Wilson, like this is all stuff that she told us about and warned us about. Uh, some of those essays she wrote, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Some of those essays she wrote, maybe 25 years old. You know? And here we are. And that's one of the most frustrating things, I think, for you know people that do the work, people that try to teach and organize and things like that. One of the most frustrating things is the fact that we've been warned about a lot of stuff and we still fall for it. That's the most frustrating thing. It's not like you know, when they come up with something new and we don't see it as one thing, but the stuff that we've had teachers tell us about and um, warn us about, and sometimes get, they tell us the plan in advance and we still fall for it. That's something that's frustrating. But, um, you know, brothers and sisters, again, don't forget very quickly. Uh, don't forget that August 21st is the Straight Black Pride 7th Annual Convention, Return of the Black Man. There'll be no pants sagging on the stage. Um, we'll have real strong brothers bringing uh, strong messages, and it's going to be pretty much an all-day event. I will be hosting, um, and it is weird. If you ever been to the straight black pride convention. If you know, you know, 
if you've never been to the Straight Black Pride Convention, it's very likely that you haven't been to anything like it. And of course, I'm biased because I'm a member of Straight Black Pride, but telling you the truth. So you have six, seven weeks to be prepared. Again, I'm your host, DC Radical One. You can follow me on Instagram at DC.radical, the number one, on Twitter at DC underscore radical underscore O N E. The Cash App is dollar sign DC Radical One. This is the YouTube, capital D, small c, Radical One. The email is DC.radical underscore one at protonmail.com. And brother, you got ripped off this year's theme is the return of the black man and next show next week's show i will definitely um have the flyer and have that up at the beginning of the show and let's see sister tila nubia says <laughs> but you got to say the new mic is strong yeah, I yeah I got a whole new setup and everything like that. So, um, well, at least I know it works. You know, y'all paid for paid for it, so at least it works. Um, Sister Tila Nubia says that her heavenly mother, prior to her passing, was working to open up a charm school for young women because she's seen back then what many are seeing today. Yeah, those, I guess. I would assume those things still exist, but maybe not. That, that's interesting. I um, you know, the Baroudis were doing some um, they were doing some education with our people as far as um character and things like that. I I think we need, being completely honest, we need a complete um re-education program for our people um we have become i think brother patrick said we've been around yorugo too long we have become our entire our entire culture has been altered and not in a good way and the things that made us us the things that culturally separated black people from every other people and the things that we built our foundation on here in America, as we adapted to this environment, have really been um, chipped away at. And we're really in a crisis situation where we've become, um, we are assimilating in a way that is leading to our destruction. Like we're being led down the road to genocide and we don't see it because we don't understand the importance of culture and the importance of how culture allows you to survive and thrive and that when your culture is intact you can repel attack attacks from other people um, other groups of people but when your culture begins to disintegrate and other people other groups of people can induce you into um, suicidal um, practices. And if they're sophisticated, they can package those suicidal practices in the form of freedoms. So you're thinking that you're getting free 
or you think you're practicing freedom or you think you're doing what you what you want meanwhile you're dancing to the tune of an enemy and brother i allen says we're the only people singing songs and dancing to our own genocide man that brother that's so profound that's so real um dr welsing would definitely have liked that quote so brothers and sisters quickly um and I'm pretty sure I asked y'all this before, but I don't remember what everybody said. Does everybody like the short form videos like the radical reports and things like that? Because if so, I'm going to definitely work on some more of those in the next couple of days. Like I said, I would have had the Tupac one recorded, act, but had bad sound and I found other information that I wanted. Okay. Brother, you got ripped off. Say yes. Okay, cool. I definitely work on that. I def I want to get to the point where I do at least, um, at least have one of those every other day, in between the live streams, so that this thing becomes more of a YouTube channel while it is um, growing. And thank all the new people who have subscribed. My subscriber count has gone up. So we're over two fifty now. So. If you know people that actually look at YouTube and they're looking for some positive information and something that to think about, send them, send them this way. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to see if I can get to a thousand before I get deleted. You know, every time we talk about the hats, I am, I'm not sure we're going to make it. Um, and unique one expressing the song self-destruction and definitely a theme for today. Indeed. And it's scary because I don't even think you can get the modern rappers together today to do self-destruction. Um, the West Coast did. We're all in the same game. Um, maybe got, I think, Easy e to be now. We're all in the same game video. Um, of course, Public Enemy, part of self-destruction, Karis one, those rappers. I don't know if you could get today's rappers together today, even though it is is as relevant, even more relevant relevant to them because these young rappers are some of these people are dying before they're famous or they they're famous because they're dying um yeah the hip-hop or trap music and you know whatever they call some of the other stuff um because they have different names for it because it, it is different it's, this stuff is these people are really dying at a really scary rate and um it's really sad because a lot of these brothers are dying very young they're not even making it to 21 and uh it's just it's it's, it's um it's really frustrating and it's really you know it's really sad to see drill music right right brother that's that's what i was looking for drill music um they really got they really got our young people in a psychological bear trap and i'm not sure i'm gonna be completely honest i'm not 100 percent sure how how we get them out um it's just a taylor nubia says it's all trap music in one form or another and that's the that's the that's the scary part that you call it trap music and still fall into the trap of the trap music that's what's crazy is that we put a name on it that lets us know what it is and, and we fall for it anyway so um I think I've done shows on hip hop and and 
I haven't done shows as far as on drill and trap and all that because I'm not familiar enough with it. Um, a long time ago, I did it on uh, not on YouTube, but on um, something else. I did a show dealing with them bringing the um, homophilia into hip hop and things like that. And so it's and that was and that's probably five, six years ago I did that. And everything is worse. Like I always say, I get tired of saying it. I, I wish I was making up stories and lying, but now in reality that everything is worse. The stuff we talked about then, the stuff we fought against way back in the day, is that everything is worse. Um, my sister Unique One Express says the problem that many of us don't see anything wrong with the dysfunction. And but all types of justification for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's 100 percent right. Sister, that is 100 percent right. Um, that's 100 percent right. Not you're right. Not only do we not see anything wrong with it, we don't see it as dysfunction. We um, and we do justify it. And again, that's not a gender thing. That's men and that's men and women um, justify stuff. Like I said, brothers want to brothers become world championship boxers because they don't want to put their pants up. And uh, you got ripped off says uh, United Fronts is Harriet's Harriet shotgun album has some trap beats in that AIM a- style. I don't. Oh, that's out. Okay. I guess I got to go download that now because I don't have that. I don't have Harriet shotgun. Um, shout out to uh, United Front. Shout out to uh, Brother Omar Wiley and shout out to Brother Bomani. Uh, those brothers make some very powerful music and it was music that a few years ago I needed uh, at that time, and they came out with it. So I always support them when I get get a chance. Um, yeah, so those that don't know, support uh, the Vanguard United Front. These are some artists that make some uh, strong, strong music uh, that we need to hear. It's not about uh, killing and brutalizing ourselves, but it is about uh, returning the returning the favor and treating others the way that they treat us. So with that, brothers and sisters, I'm going to close this out. I appreciate you all for listening. I appreciate you all for subscribing. I appreciate everyone for hitting the like button. Again, I am your host, DC Radical One. You can follow me on Instagram at dc.radical, the number one. You can follow me on Twitter at dc underscore radical underscore O-N-E. Also, the cash app, dollar sign, DC Radical One, all one word. This, of course, is the YouTube, capital D, small c, Radical One. And the email is dc.radical underscore one at protonmail.com. You want to find me and contact me. That's where you find me. With that, I say... A BB for Hodier and straight black pride. Look it up. Lord individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Sing the Ashwing On the wake up. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in fed book jail? 
Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate, and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or post and they never get blocked, but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white-owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white-owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars, but you don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Eurema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal indigenous melanated ass on over to OTWTube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Yurima Karama app. Tap into the truth, because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message.